it's actually kind of interesting. Normally, normally I launch, you know, different like podcast episodes and call it the CWT Business Audio Show, but I'm also filming this one for YouTube, so I guess it's just the CWT Business Show itself because it's a lot more than audio right now. But actually, I posted a episode from the CWT Business Audio Show, you know, a few weeks ago on this YouTube channel, and I stated that I was going to start posting a lot more of my videos on, or a lot more of my podcast episodes on YouTube as well, and that has not really been what's happened at all. I've recorded a lot of podcast episodes since then, and it's all been just strictly audio. I, I think the reason for that is a lot of times when I'm making, you know, these episodes, because it's, it's a shorter kind of podcast, I post a lot of, or it's like I'm recording a lot of them while I'm doing something else also, like, you know, I'm writing, or not really writing, but it's like, you know, I'm doing your different research on the stock market you know i'm doing a lot of different like business work i'm building you know different websites and i decide it's it's difficult to like film myself and record myself while also doing work my like like also like doing work on the side so you know a lot of them you know just like very short episodes that i try to um try to get out while i'm working but i do want to start doing more on this youtube channel because i think YouTube is something that almost everyone has access to. Not everyone listens to podcasts. Not everyone has, you know, it, my podcast is on, you know, Apple Podcasts, you know, Spotify, Google Podcasts, so basically like the biggest podcasting platforms, but not everyone has access to those. You know, a lot of more people, you know, do YouTube videos. So I think YouTube has kind of been like an untapped market, which seems ridiculous to say because I have, you know, I've made a lot of YouTube videos. But my channel is still like insanely small. Like I wouldn't really say any of my videos have really done that well, honestly. Like I mean, some of them have gotten you know a good amount of views, but they really haven't done anything impressive. So I feel like for me and you know the brand that I'm trying to build, YouTube is still kind of a um untapped market. So I do want to start doing more work on there. I had a pretty interesting you know topic to kind of talk about for this episode, and that is the fact that hardly any active investor beats the S&P. Actually, you know, made a TikTok video talking about this a little bit ago, but it's actually very difficult for, you know, someone who's actively trading to beat the S&P in the long run. Like maybe when you look at, um, you know, like a year basis, like actively, you know, because I've only been investing for, you know, a year and a half now, but, you know, so far I've definitely beat the S&P, which is you know, nice, but also can I consistently do that for 10 years in a rate where my average will be higher than if I were just throwing all my money into an S&P 500 index fund to begin with. That's kind of an experiment that I'm kind of running on my own where every single week I invest, you know, a lot of my money into the S&P, but also a lot into individual stocks that I fully believe in as well. And my goal is 10 years from now when I'm 30 or 31 it'll be really interesting to see if i uh, actually was able to do so like you know when i actually look at the actual like you know numbers that i did was i actually able to beat it over the long run it's kind of interesting warren buffett actually you know he did you know kind of a million dollar bet against a hedge fund where he just put a million bucks in the SP. the hedge fund used a million like actively traded it and they saw who would be highest in 10 years and Warren Buffett won. You know, Warren Buffett, you know, actually won by quite a bit. I believe 
I believe the hedge fund got like a 2.2% return, and Warren Buffett got around like 7 to 10%, I think it was 10% for a year, so he won by quite a bit. The thing is though, um, in which he admitted this as well, the S&P had a you know record decade there. You know, the S&P did, it, they did, it did better than it normally does for that 10 years. So, you know, when he, because, you know, he wanted people to know that, like, yes, he won, but also, you know, keep in mind that this year for the S&P was kind of an anomaly. But when you do look at, you know, what the S&P does, you know, average year by year, and you look at the return that the hedge fund was able to get with their million dollars, it does make, like, it, it does kind of put into perspective how much better the S&P 500 index funds, like how much better investing in one of those would do than just throwing money into, or just like actively investing your money into different stocks and trading options, all that stuff. And one thing that's very interesting is that most investors do know that by actively trading, they're probably not going to beat the S&P. They do know that. And yet they do it anyway, because I feel like everyone, everyone believes they're going to be, they're going to be the dip, like they're going to be the one that succeeds, which, you know, some do. That's the thing, because some you know, it's rare, but some active investors do beat the S&P. And I feel like a lot of a lot of investors believe that they're going to be the few to do so. It's almost like playing the lottery in a way where most people know the math. They know there's an insanely low chance that they're going to win the lottery, but they still do it because there's still a chance. And when you look at, you know, actively trading, a lot of people believe, you know, if they do the research, if they're willing to, you know, put the time in, they will be the ones that win. That's kind of my thoughts because I do still actively trade as well. I believe that since I'm devoting an insane amount of time into studying individual stocks, that I will beat the S&P 500 in the long run. I really do. But also, it's important to realize that most people simply do not. So I always tell people, and I run a financial education company, so the people that you know work with me you know, for financial help, I always tell them that um, most active investors who are devoting an insane amount of time to learning about the stock market are most likely not going to beat the S&P 500 in the long run. And if you are not willing to do the work they're doing and they're not beating the S&P 500, why do you think you will? You know, it's I always tell people, if you're not willing to actually you know, spend an insane amount of time, like spend so much time that the stock market basically becomes your second job or even like, you know, another full-time job that you have. If you're not willing to put in that kind of work, you're probably not going to beat it unless you just get, you know, insanely lucky. That's the thing. It's like, if, if you're not willing to put in that kind of work, it's better just throwing the money in the S&P 500. Because even if you are willing to do that amount of work, it's still most likely better just throwing to the S&P 500. The thing is, just investing into, you know, the S&P 500 index funds, it's boring. You know, you're looking at, you know, on average a 10% return year by year, which is boring. But, you know, there's always, I forgot who makes the quote, but, you know, there's a very famous quote that if, um, if you're having fun in the stock market, you're doing it wrong. You know, it's supposed to be boring. So I think that's very interesting. That's kind of all I got for this podcast episode. You know, I appreciate everyone for, you know, listening, whether you listen on a podcasting platform or watching on YouTube. You know, I really appreciate it. Thank you.